Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairground. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Mecham experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Mecham.com. Star Weekend has come and gone with the East defeating the West by a score so ridiculous 211 to 186 what what kind of what kind of thing is this 211 to 186 I, I had no idea the All-Star game was against the Detroit Pistons. I had no clue. Oh, too soon? No? Yeah. <sighs> um, I only am interested. Well, first of all, I was I was sorry to see that Ty- Tyrese Halliburton didn't get the MVP honors. That went to Damian Lillard. Uh, Tony Katz, 93, WIBC. Good morning. Good to be with you. Um, I... I uh, Halliburton had 32. I think Lillard had 39. I, I, it would have been great for the city. would have been absolutely great for the city. But I don't think the Pacers could have looked much better. The skills competition on Saturday and Halliburton doing his job. Uh, I, th- I think the Pacers look good. I think the Indiana Pacers look good. Uh, from what I am hear- hearing, forgive me, um, I, I, I'm, I'm not hearing the over-the-top, oh, my gosh, Indy uh, just – Knocked it out of the park. Indy did its job. And it was a solid uh, all-star uh, event. I think we're going to need a little bit of time to get some uh, reporting in to see if, if it was truly the out-of-the-park experience. Uh, the drone light show and some other things went off well. Some things, uh, I, I th- uh, from what I'm told, went off questionable. Did people get in and out safe? Did they have? Did they feel that they had a good time? Did they spend all their money? That's all I ask. That's all I ask. Uh, these things are good for a city, and you want things to go off well. There are people who are truly dedicated professionals who put their time in to get a result that benefits us, and for that I'm appreciative. I only hope it went well. I look forward to getting more reports. In the meantime... We know more about the shooting in Kansas City during the Super Bowl parade. And what we know is, man, the reporting here is very odd, very strange, and it seems purposefully so. You know that Ann Coulter was right, right? Because Ann Coulter was right. I'll get into that. Tony Katz, 93 WIBC. Good morning. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. 
So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Monday, Monday. So good to me. Monday morning. So the mayor of Kansas City is accusing the governor of Missouri of using a racial dog whistle when referring to the shooters who were there at the Super Bowl parade as thugs. Well, that's precious. Precious. I think the story is, how come we don't know more about these shooters? Tony Katz, 93 WIBC, good morning. Now, there are a lot of us who know the answer to this. We didn't need to be told the the answer to this. That sometimes we know everything right away and sometimes we never get told anything. Now, there are some things that we'd like to know about. Like, we'd like to know how this shooting took place in Las Vegas. This guy in this hotel room shooting down at the Harvest Festival. How in the world did this thing even happen? Why is there so much silence? How come we don't get told about a manifesto from some woman who claims to be a man? Because they're trans, feel the air quotes. Somehow that information has to be kept silent. When it's a white male, we know everything. Everything. Right away. That is certainly the feel. This is exactly the conversation that Ann Coulter was having on uh, Real Time with Bill Maher. She's, st- she's with Bill Maher. She's with Van Jones. Understand, these guys all have a history. Bill Maher, when he had Politically Incorrect on ABC, I mean, he made Ann Coulter's career in that show. They go, they go back a long, long way. We don't know who did this shooting, by the way. The, the, the Super Bowl shooting. We have some we, idea. What? If it were a white man shooting, we'd know. Well, we don't know. But they, I mean, they That's how we know it's not a white man. I can tell you that much. Do you think they're, they're repressing that reporting? They wouldn't tell us about the um, transgender woman that shot up the Christian school for what, like a year? Um, Oh, San Bernardino out here. Remember the crazy terrorist Muslims? That's when I first noticed, hmm, they're not telling us who it is. It's not a white male. The longer they go without telling you, it's not a white male. Okay, well, we don't, for this one, for right now, as of Friday night, February 16th, we we don't don't officially know. Okay, you know, you have special powers. Um, But, ha ha. Ha ha. Yeah. You can look at video. The shooters were described as juveniles, described as teenagers, and were black. I don't know why this isn't something that we can't discuss. The level of bigotry one must have in their lives to not be willing to discuss this, to think that somehow this should be discussed differently, is proof of the bigotry. There is no racist dog whistle. It doesn't matter what it is that Mayor Quentin Lucas of Kansas City says. He's wrong. 
The shooters in this were black men, black young men, black teens. And it was some level of dispute between them. Are we not going to address this, that this has nothing to do with gun ownership? Never mind, I'd like to know where they got the firearms. Did they get them legally or illegally? Was it given by a parent? Was it bought off the streets? These are questions. We're not allowed to ask that question because race is involved. Take your race-baiting conversation and shove it. Don't give a damn if you think I get to have this conversation. Well, Tony Katz is white. He doesn't get to have this conversation. Sit down, be quiet, learn something. Of any conversation, I damn well please. (laughs) Not allowed. That's precious. You know what kind of hatred is involved in telling somebody they're not allowed to have a conversation? Do Do you have any idea? The, the level of hate that starts with you're not allowed to have a conversation. Woo. So, yeah, the, the mayor of Kansas City is is playing in some just rank, disgusting, despicable bigotry. The shooters in this case were black. The question is, why are you not covering it? Why are you not engaged in it? Are you now going to make the claim that you see the issue here is that um, these the, these two states, Kansas and Missouri, uh, they're all about gun rights. That's the issue. That's the headline from the Topeka Capital Journal. Super Bowl parade shooting occurred between two states that staunchly support gun rights. You think that you think that's what these kids were doing? You think they were just showing off their gun rights? A woman died in this shooting during the Super Bowl parade as the Kansas City Chiefs won the Super Bowl. She was a part-time radio host in in the area. Had children. 21 people were wounded. No one deserved this. Because a couple of kids couldn't figure out how to, I don't know, act normal. Couldn't figure out how to deal with the beef between them. They were going to show how tough they were. They don't give a damn what happened to everybody else. They have zero regard for anybody else's life. We're going to discuss how this comes about. How this happens in society. And it isn't just society that is black. That would be insane. We could discuss what's leading to these things and work our way through that. Or you could just say, ah, the problem is the guns. Meanwhile, we don't know how many tens, hundreds, or thousands of lawful gun owners were in the crowd there fully armed. You would have no idea. Are people still mad at Jim Lucas, by the way? Uh, The kids wanted to talk about guns, and he said, well, I'm carrying a firearm on me right now. No, I think you could have said it without showing it. That would have been the difference between me and, 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 and Representative Lucas. But, oh, look at this national story. Oh, look at how he's threatening children. He never threatened a child. They, the kids went to the, to the Capitol, and, and they're, they're talking to him, and he stepped out of an elevator to, to talk to them and engage them. And they were talking about guns, and he said, well, I'm, I am to be wearing one right now. And he opened up his jacket, and he showed it. And the kids were like, well, that's the problem. No, that's actually the proof of why it's not a problem.
Concealed carry is not an issue. Concealed carry does not create a more dangerous world. If you see somebody with a firearm, when I see them, I'm aware. I'm aware of someone carrying a firearm if, if, if I notice they're carrying a firearm. Of course I am. Do I automatically think that they're the enemy? That they're a bad guy? That I should run screaming and crying? Is this what we're teaching kids in Indiana? Because if it is, we're really teaching kids some terrible stuff. And shame on groups like Moms Demand Action who teach that kind of thing, that kind of fear, that kind of nonsense. It's just wrong. Now, you could argue that Representative Lucas shouldn't have shown the gun. He could have just said it. and said, hey, I don't think it's appropriate to be opening a jacket. And if you're concealed carrying, I don't know if you tell people that you're doing it. But the idea that he scared the children, intimidated children, threatened the children is all nonsense. And the nonsense merchants from the Indy Star and the Indiana Capital Chronicle and a whole host of other places should be damn well ashamed of themselves and they should be taking a look at Mom's Demand Action and saying, what in the world are these people teaching? Because it certainly isn't how to be rational. It's not rational to not discuss what happened at this parade, who was involved and why. But we can't discuss it because of race? That's somebody else's problem. I don't play in that world. They're bigots. We're not. We'll discuss things honestly. Life's the same. I'm moving in stereo. Life's the same. Except for my shoes. So they are... Talking uh, at the All-Star Game about the cold in Indianapolis. Of course, the NBA All-Star Game just taking place. And they're complaining about the cold in Indianapolis. Tony Katz, 93 WIBC. Good morning. Good to be with you. And Charles Barkley, in absolutely perfect and classic Charles Barkley form, says uh what would what would you rather have uh the 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 cold or uh hanging around uh the homeless bums in San Francisco because the all-star games in San Francisco next year and everyone was like oh how dare you what it's uh it's just straight up fact we do a far better job than San Francisco at holding any event for all of our issues Right here in Indy, we can honestly say Indianapolis still better than San Francisco. And honestly, I think we need to put that on a on a, on a bumper sticker. Donald Trump has come out with sneakers. He goes to SneakerCon in Philadelphia. He's getting cheered. He's getting booed. It is. I can't even play it for you. It's the weirdest reaction ever. Uh, he's got a sneaker. And it's gold. I mean, it's not gold gold. But that's the color of the sneaker. It, it's it's gold. And they're, I think they're $399. And uh, I think they're sold out as well. I, I Look. I'm, I'm not a guy who goes out and buys Jordans. But, uh, but they're out there. They got an American flag on them. And then they're gold. They got the big gold T. The Never Surrender High Tops. 
That's awesome. Yeah, they're all they're all gone. Three hundred and ninety nine dollars sold out. <laughs> I I don't know why you're looking at me like this. Of course, someone's going to buy them. Of course, they're, you're going to see them out on people. Don't be surprised. Good for him. Go sell some sneakers. Well, Tony's only doing this because he's got to pay a $350 million fine. Oh, we'll talk about that fine. This nonsense coming out of New York. But just for the sake of clarity, for all those progressives thrilled and overjoyed that, that Trump has gotten this nonsense fine, let's remember something. The people that you support have never created anything. In just a base conversation, I'm not saying you approve of Trump or like Trump or anything else. They want to get rid of the guy and now have gotten rid of the guy who built the skyline. While the people you cheer or they cheer never built a damn thing. Never created a tax base. Never did anything that bettered anyone's life. All they know how to do is take and destroy. We will break this down in the next hour. I promise. Tony Katz, 93 WIBC. Good morning. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. the importance of data in relationship to well our everyday conversations do we discuss things based on what we know or what we feel tony katz 93 wibc good morning good to be with you we should be discussing things based on what we know when we're talking about kids our kids We can discuss what we feel. But it is important that if we're going to address a subject, we address the subject based on the data. We're going to talk about guns. We're going to talk about um, finances. We're going to talk about foreign policy. The data matters, not one's feelings. You know, it's the expression, facts don't care about your feelings. Sure, what happens when you put data out that goes against someone's feelings? Is all of a sudden the data not worthwhile? This is the story that Barry Weiss brought to us in a conversation she had over at the Free Press with Roland Fryer. Roland Fryer is a professor of economics at Harvard. Now, before you say anything, take a breath, follow me through to the end. Roland Fryer took a look at the very idea of racial bias in policing. It was a study he did in 2016. And what he was able to determine in taking a look 
at how police acted was two interesting sets of, of, of information, if you will. The first, and, and full disclosure, the, the, the study is hundreds of pages. I have not read the hundreds of pages. I'm going about, uh, I'm basing this on the reporting and his statement about what it is he found was that he found that, yes, indeed, police were nearly twice, or I should say more than twice as likely to engage in some level of non-fatal force against black and Hispanic suspects than people of other races. And that in itself is worthy of looking at and asking why that is. Is that some level of inherent bias? Is that a bias of those uh, potential suspects in how they react with police? Uh, what, what causes that? Like, I want to know more. But his study found this. The data determined also, in the same data, that police officers were approximately 24% less likely to shoot at uh, suspects who were black and 8.5% less likely to shoot at uh, suspects that were Hispanic than they were to shoot at suspects that were white. So while it showed there was more physicality amongst police with black and Hispanic suspects, there were less fatal shootings, which is to say there was no racial bias in police shootings. That meaning there were no it's black people were not shot more than white people. This idea that police are only shooting black people is not what his data saw. He then made the statement that the data was so not what he expected. And he had a series of researchers, I think eight different research assistants. He hired eight more research assistants and said, go over it. And they came to the same result. So this is the data. And when he went to publish the data, fellow professors said, don't publish it. And he said, do you agree with the first part? He goes, oh, the first part, that's fine. You can share that. What about the second part? Oh, I, I, would, I wouldn't do that. It just, it doesn't make sense. But it's the data. You mean it doesn't comport with your emotions and the emotions of the people that you teach. As a matter of fact, he reports that when he published the report, within four minutes, he got an email that said, you're full of S. And his point was, this thing is hundreds of pages and dense data. You read it in four minutes? That's astounding. What is it that you want? Do you want your feelings to be acknowledged? Or do you want the data to understand the issue? I'm a data guy. I'm a logic guy. But the Joy reads of the world... Data is inconsequential. I'm going to share with you in the popcorn moment something that was said that is going to knock you over. An internalizing of something that is so irrational that it's hard to believe some people function. And what we're seeing is they don't. They don't actually function. That you want something to be true does not make it true. And to be angry at data that proves the point 
That because you want it to be true doesn't make it true. To be angry at data that proves the point only proves that there are people out there who are unworthy of our time and attention. What kind of people do we want to be? I put forth to you, we want to be the kind of people who engage rationally and responsibly. This is what it says, whether we like it or not, whether it hurts our feelings or not, whether it makes us uncomfortable or not. And this professor, uh, did I mention that the professor was black? Okay. This professor, his data shows that there is no bias, at least from this study, in police shootings. Why can't that be discussed? Along with the first part, that more people who are black and Hispanic had a physical confrontation with police. Sounds to me like that should be discussed. As you heard in the reporting from Ryan Hedrick, during All-Star Weekend Saturday night, there was a protest to support a ceasefire in Gaza. The protest was organized by uh, the, uh, uh, the Party for Socialism and Liberation in Indianapolis, the Middle Eastern Student Association at IU Indy, and Jewish Voice for Peace, Indiana. Tony Katz, 93, WIBC, good morning. Uh, Listen clearly and listen carefully. As it must be understood that the Jewish Voice for Peace in Indiana does not speak for Jews in Indiana at all. As a matter of fact, I would say without any hesitation, and I will debate this anywhere at any time, including on the IU Indy campus or any other campus, that Jewish Voice for Peace doesn't actually support the concept of Judaism surviving. Certainly not Israel surviving. That they are not engaged in a conversation based on religion. They are in a conversation based on ideology. And any time that you partner up with the Party for Socialism and Liberation, you are partnering up with those who want to destroy and kill and maim. Certainly That is the way they feel about Israelis, and that is the way they feel about Jews. Anti-Semitism amongst progressives is well-known and well-documented. This is not debate that we are having. A push for a ceasefire from these groups never occurs to them to say, hey, Hamas should be the one that stops with the attacks. Hamas should be the one that gives up the hostages. Hamas should be the ones that surrender, that every bit of hellscape that has taken place for the people in Gaza is caused by Hamas. They never recognize Hamas's role in anything. Nope, nope, problem is Israel. As the reporting goes, they were uh, shouting uh, derogatory terms towards the Indianapolis Metro Police and no more money for Israel's slaughter. No recognition of Hamas's murder of 1,200 plus, their raping of women, and of course, their burning alive of children. Jewish Voice for Peace in Indiana doesn't speak for Jews. And anybody who thinks they do is out of their mind. And it would be really worthwhile if there were some college presidents who noted this. 
The Middle Eastern Student Association and IU Indy wants to believe it's having an argument of value. This is who you partner up with? The Party for Socialism and Liberation? Do I laugh at you now or do I laugh at you on your campus? Whichever one it takes. You're not in favor of a peace. You're in favor of the destruction of Israel. Why not be strong enough to say so? Let's understand what it is you're about. Now, if you're not about that, you wouldn't partner up with these groups. You wouldn't do it. This is the company you keep. The company you keep is ideological, and that ideology believes that other nations should be destroyed. And oh, not just other nations. Of course it leads to the United States. Of course it uh, uh, leads to the eradication of Western culture and Western civilization. It, uh, It leads to the eradication of the family. And how many more ways do we need to see it? If you think that Israel is where this ends, my fellow Hoosiers, You don't understand the issue. And these people get supported by elected officials in Indianapolis, city county councilors who are just going to be observers at these events. Jew haters, one and all. America haters, one and all. It's the party for socialism and liberation. What the hell are they actually liberating you from? Well, they're going to liberate you from capitalism. You mean the only thing that's worked? And for the record, it's worked. You have no argument. I will laugh at you. And again, debate it anywhere. But I'm not going to actually show up where you are. You're not worth the time. I'm going to debate it right here, of course. You see, the other stuff, the stuff about Israel's existence, I'll go debate that. I don't think there's a debate to be had about whether or not capitalism has brought about a better result than their desires for socialism, which inspires nothing but a prayer for a quick and painless death. Capitalism rises people up from poverty. Capitalism creates growth and opportunity. Capitalism has value and their socialism has none. It is about anger and it's about hate. It's about vitriol. It's about division. It's about destruction. No, I want no part of that. None. Neither should you. But certainly I'm going to push back against the people who want to state that somehow capitalism is the issue. These people know nothing. They're the Jon Snow of politicos. But your ceasefire conversations during the All-Star game? Listen, why not just carry a sign that says we're Jew-hating bigots? It would have been more honest. Until you call for Hamas to release the hostages and surrender, you don't actually believe in peace. We see you. And the Jewish Voice for Peace in Indiana is a progressive organization that does not have any connection to Judaism. Tell them I said so. I'm Tony Katz. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between.
It was rain that delayed the Daytona 500. So it's going to happen today. Tony Katz, 93 WIBC. Good morning. Good to be with you. So now it starts today, which is President's Day, which I, I admit I despise. I is celebrating Lincoln's birthday, I get it. Celebrating Washington's birthday, you bet. Celebrating Woodrow Wilson's birthday, bitch please. No chance, no shot am I celebrating that despicable, disgusting bigot. Not happening. President's Day is a terrible, terrible name. Not all presidents deserve to be celebrated. Lincoln and and Washington? Sure. I'm down. As a matter of fact, I'm okay with taking both days off. And so we should. But the Daytona 500 was supposed to happen yesterday. The rain comes. And so now it starts today at 4 o'clock. Is is Kurt Darling in the WIBC newsroom? Kurt covers all things racing. Uh, I, I don't know if it changes the dynamic of the race, I I actually have to imagine that it might get more people watching. Like the idea that it, it's a, it's a, it's a, on a different day. What else is happening on a Monday? The all-star game is over. Everything else. Like, I think they get a, a much bigger audience for, 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 for this one. So I, I don't know if that's true. I expect to hear from Kurt. If he thinks this will create a, a bigger audience and a bigger, and a bigger group of people. Either way, I hope it's fun. I hope people enjoy. I think it's one of those things that even if people weren't planning on watching it, they'll go, all right, I have the day off. Okay, I've done everything I'm supposed to do on my honey-do list. Oh, Daytona 500's on. Okay. I think for a fair amount of people, it's going to be that. I think sometimes when these things move, it creates opportunity. I try to look for the good in the opportunity. The popcorn moment. Let's go, let's go, let's go. It's a story you need to hear to believe, then grab your popcorn because there is more. Joy Reid is over there at MSNBC. Joy Reid has decided that her career must be built on racial identity and flat-out bigotry. And she's done a pretty good job of it. Sadly, and MSNBC is with her every step of the way. But this was a, a conversation that was taking place. Um, salon talks, like, I, do they mean salon the the website, or is there somewhere else? I, I I don't know, but that's how it's bugged. And so I share it with you. Salon talks, and she's discussing race and reparations. Reparations, the idea that America was a country that engaged in slavery and therefore today owes people who are black or descendants of of slaves dollars. Reparation. Um, I have no idea why anybody thinks that this is a rational idea or or as as a follow up, how this is going to work out. Have I as I have often wondered aloud, and my argument is. What possible deal could be made? What possible dollar amount could be agreed to that is now going to get accepted by future generations? If Joy Reid were to state, here's the money, here's how much, 
and all of a sudden it got agreed to and it got paid, now you have a new generation of black Americans. Well, what do they get? Well, no, 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 it's too late. We worked this out already. We worked it out already, and now uh, and now you get nothing. You have a nice day. How does that? How does that work? And and uh, for the record, even the very concept of reparations is is to I think bring the idea of of grievance. Now you could say to me, Tony, Germany paid Israel. There were reparations. You're not going to get me to disagree with something that's that's factual in terms of Germany making concessions to or providing things to uh, the, the, the state of Israel. You didn't ask me whether or not I thought that was the answer, because I never did. To an equal degree, I have never understood why anybody would think that I somehow today or anybody today would hold uh, a German today responsible for what happened in 1939. I don't. Acknowledging history is different than looking at someone saying, you're guilty. I don't look at Germans and say, you're guilty. I think that's weird as can be. I don't look to reparations from all of those countries around the Mediterranean that said, oh, Israel exists kick out the Jews, which happened. I don't, I, the, the, history is filled with awful horror stories. And it's filled with stories of people who have been able to thrive. That's just reality. This is Joy Reid. Living a very, very interesting moment. And to find out that literally... Barack Obama's two terms in pre- as president are your reparations, and Juneteenth, which you already celebrated anyway, is your reparations, and yet you built this country. You literally physically built this country, and yet the attitude toward you from a lot of your peers and your fellow citizens is just shut up and be grateful. And it's, it's, it's infuriating. Well, we understand Joy Reid is not grateful, but there are two things to take from this. Uh, number one, uh, she mentions uh, the election of Barack Obama. That's not reparations. Uh, uh, she rep- she mentions Juneteenth. Anything that celebrates the end of, of slavery, the end of oppressing people, and the end of how Democrats tried to, uh, or how they actually did treat black people in America, I think is a good thing to celebrate. But what she's telling you is, it's never enough. She's already going down the road of it's never enough. But this line is something. And yet you built this country. You literally physically built this country. The argument here that the country was built on the backs of slaves. She built nothing. Hold on a second. Honestly, clearly, she built nothing. Yet she is internalizing that she did. We want to have an honest conversation. I'm up for an honest conversation. It can't start like that. She did not. She did not. So if we're going to discuss this, can we please start from the rational positions? 
This is what is acceptable in MSNBC. My oh my. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. First-year law students can tell you that this is a federal uh, province and that this is a federal law that has to control here. Uh, and so we have to act at the federal level. And when we don't have action, uh, we do leave a vacuum sometimes for bad actors like Governor Abbott to step in and take steps that I think are inhumane or un-American or inconsistent with our values. To me, we can have a secure border without a, a barbaric border. Uh, and that, that I think as Americans, we understand that we can you can we can have that conversation and figure out how to do that together. But we have to have leaders who actually want to do it and not just have political stunts, which is what I see far too often uh, from Republicans here in Texas is just using the border as a political backdrop. My family's from uh, Brownsville here at the tip of Texas. I know I spent a lot of my childhood visiting my grandmother here. I can tell you this is a place where real folks live, where they're raising their families, where they want us to actually do something to help them, not just come around and point out problems. That's Representative Colin Allred, Democrat from Texas. Um, I did not know the man was a fool. But what a commentary. You got elected. You don't have a plan for the border. You don't want to start with first things first, let's end asylum claims. Second thing, second, let's build the wall, which is really a fence, to completion in the areas that we need to. Third thing, third, let's get the technology in place for the places we don't have a wall, where we can have the drone technology, the sensors, and other things. So we can allow Border Patrol to do their job effectively. You don't have any of that? No, just Republicans are just using this as a political prop. Blah, blah, blah. You sound ridiculous, you are ridiculous, and what I wouldn't give for a member of Congress to walk right up to him and say, damn, you're dumb, and just walk away. This nonsense doesn't get us anywhere. Tony Katz, 93 WIBC, good morning, good to be with you. Let's just start the doing. We've been through the talking. Let's start with building the wall to completion. Because it works, and Border Patrol says it works. Then, let's put the technology in place where we're not going to have the wall, because you're not going to build it from sea to shining sea. That's not how this works. So we can utilize that technology to ensure we know who's crossing the border and get Border Patrol to those places when the moment is necessary. If I can't get the other stuff, can I at least get those two things? I'll start with those two things. There's a representative saying nothing, just a bunch of pablum spewing forth. As long as as I'm attacking Republicans, that's what matters. It doesn't matter to anybody. What matters is a safer country. You would think he would care. Cooking a steak, wouldn't it be great? You could be my mate, cooking a steak. For goodness sake, will you please be my mate and come and cook a steak? Steak. Meatless Monday, as we know, the Indianapolis City County Council, they don't actually want to work on fixing a city. My gosh, they don't even want you driving. 
What they also want is you not having meat on a Monday. So I don't know, something about social justice, the environment, whatever it is they make up day in and day out. Even though we have tons of fantastic steak and burger places all across downtown and central Indiana, they're all about you not enjoying the local restaurant scene. And you know what we say? Have yourself some meat on a Monday. Now, Matt Bear. Matt Bear. I only hope that the restaurant scene was solid and people ate up a storm this weekend for uh, NBA All-Star Weekend. So much meat was consumed. And you were down there, and you know you know how busy it was. Yeah, it was, it was busy. Yeah, how it, busy was your mass of? Uh, it, was, it was boxed in the entire time. I mean, it, now there was lighter Sunday traffic because everybody's down on the circle and in Mile Square for the All-Star game. But um, the streets that are normally backed up, well, we had a few more blocks to go. It, it was cool, man. Everybody was patient and, you know, minding their own business. It was fun. It really was. So there, there are plenty of places on Mass Ave uh, to go as well. I, I did not pick a place. I actually have a question because uh, I'm, I'm working on this with coffee as I promised that, that, that I would. Um, is it time for me, it is not for me, I think, to rank the best steak places. I don't like that idea. Am I, am I to do for steak what I did for donuts, and it's time for me to start reviewing and proclaim this is the best steak in Indianapolis or in Indiana? I don't think so because, well, okay, for example, you, you have, what's the difference between a steak? You have a filet, you have Wagyu beef, you have the T-bone steak, you have, but, but with donuts, you have all the sprinkles and the different flavors. It seems like you have more options with donuts. A good steak is a good steak, man. I, I, I just want to be able to eat it and enjoy. With a donut, you want something a little more, you know, it's in the morning. So is it for, is it for me to rank or is it for me to just start at WIBC.com sharing. I would start sharing. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's not rank because, I mean, again, this is a personal experience. I mean, when you're talking about a donut, it's kind of fun. But with a steakhouse, it seems a little more gritty. You know? Okay, first of all, a donut is a very personal experience. It just doesn't cost as much. True. You mean that's, a donut doesn't cost as much as a steak? That's the, well, I, I guess it depends on where you get your donuts. Right, that's true. So I, I, I'm... I, I want to know, do I start ranking the stakes? Do I start putting out a top 10 list year after year? Or do I start just sharing these are the great places to go and have the official Tony Katz steak list? Tony, I would love to hear from Eat, Drink, Smoke about what's the best steak in town. I really would. I, I, I think that'd be fun. Well, I mean, it's it's but you, that's where you are the expert. You and Fingers Malloy, you talk about these things on the daily and I would Matt, really like to hear about Matt that. Bear is suggesting that we rank these things. What do you think? Should we rank these things? Let me know at uh, Tony Katz on the X or Tony at TonyKatz.com. Let me know immediately. Meanwhile, go get yourself a steak anywhere you can right now. Tony Katz, 93 WIBC. Good morning. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you.
the judge finds Donald Trump $350 million and says you can't run your business in New York for three years. And the political left is overjoyed by this. Why? If we want to discuss the abuse of the system, here it is. Why is anybody feeling good about an abusive system? Tony Katz, 93 WIBC, good morning. The argument was, was that Donald Trump overinflated his worth, his net worth, the value of properties, in order to get more favorable terms on loans. And you can argue that that's unacceptable. I think the argument would go that these banks said okay, gave them the the loans. Isn't the due diligence responsibility on them? But the kicker is he paid the loans back. It should have been at a higher interest rate. He paid back the loans that the bank said yes to. If you want to argue that he overinflated, okay, but that means a $350 million fine when quite literally there was no victim, there was no harm. Well, the harm is, of course, a system in which people, because of their politics, want to destroy others, and they want to utilize the system to do it. This judge, the Attorney General, Letitia James, who ran for office on this, she's not a hero, she's not a freedom fighter, she's not this great person, awful. This is why you run for office, to go after a person? That's not what the job is. And now Trump can't do business in New York for three years. And so he's going to, of course, uh, uh, appeal. But he might have to sell off the buildings, including Trump Tower. Atlas Shrugged is a really good book. The people who have never created anything want to go after the people who have created things. You can say anything about Trump you want, and there are a million reasons you don't want to vote for him, and I'm not telling you no. But all those people, that judge, this attorney general, the mayor, the former mayor, they never created anything. Trump created a skyline. And now you want to tell him not to do business in New York? If I were Trump, I would would walk away from that willingly. Bye. Go build another skyline somewhere. But remember that these New Yorkers, they deserve what they get. And I'm going to dig into this on Tony Katz today at noon and what that means. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. We're trying to learn more about the shooting that took place in Kansas City at the Super Bowl parade, yet information... For many different reasons, not as forthcoming as it should be. Tony Katz, 93 WIBC, good morning. It was two juveniles who've been charged. It was a dispute. What what kind of dispute? 
How is it only two when we have heard that there were actually more than one shooting? How did the juvenile get the firearm in question? And how is this being phrased, as I think was well uh, articulated by Charles C.W. Cook, as a mass shooting when this doesn't fall into that category if it was indeed a dispute? Why is it that this is being discussed not with a, a level of certitude, not with a here are the facts, but rather in the ether? And why is it that anybody who should make mention of the fact that the shooters were juvenile and black are somehow engaged in racist dog whistles? And why did it take so long for that information to be known? Isn't that the actual bigotry? Meanwhile, Liz Cheney is being uh, pushed out by leftist press to go after uh, the Republican Party for not taking a strong enough stance against Vladimir Putin. One can ask the question, and I think rationally so, why it is that Donald Trump or others have not spoken out about the death of Alexei Navalny. This is the opposition leader. All was fine, all was good, now dead in prison. All fine, all good. Was in prison, shouldn't have been. I shouldn't say all fine and all good, but he was alive. And then is dead in prison. Are we not going to hold Vladimir Putin to account? Joe Biden said that the consequences for, for, uh, for Russia, if Alexei Navalny died in prison, would be severe. And yet, nothing. So they want to now trot Liz Cheney out to say, look how terrible Republicans are being. And Democrats want to say, well, yeah, sure, it was uh, Vladimir Putin's fault, but don't forget Trump. I first of all agree with President Biden that Russia is responsible for his death. Also, what happened in a few days leading up to his death? Well, we had former President Donald Trump essentially say that Russia should attack European countries. That is crazy. That is traitorous language. Russia certainly was listening. And I think they thought, hey, we now have a green light to do all sorts of crazy stuff. And if Trump were to be president, Putin would have even more latitude. Some responses. Russia has funded terrorism. They are a state sponsor of terrorism. The State Department could designate Russia as a state sponsor of terrorism. That's Congressman Ted Lieu, who has never been uh, of the rational sort. Trump's conversation was about how he privately discusses with other nations, well, if we don't fund NATO, what are you going to do? Well, I hope Russia beats you up. That's the conversation he would have to try and get them to pay up, which, by the way, they are paying up now. This isn't Trump's fault, and to say so is ridiculous. This is Putin. This is who he is, regardless of Trump, regardless of Tucker or anybody else. He's always been this murderer. The support for Ukraine should exist. But the people saying you got to take care of the border first, they have a point. So why not just do it? Why are you fighting a fight that makes no sense? Well, we have to support Ukraine no matter what. Just start fixing the border, then you'll get your Ukraine support. It's just that easy. 
Grow up and handle the problems. You've got two of them happening at the same time. Handle them. You only want to handle one? Sorry, that's not the way it works. No CEO would get away with that. You're not getting away with it. Go handle the problems. Blaming Trump for the death of dissident uh, Alexei Navalny? These lefties are nuts. Certifiable and unserious as the day is long. Tony Katz, that's me, by the way. 93 WIBC, good morning. The All-Star Game hits Indianapolis. That's the NBA, my people. And the only thing that matters is economic impact. Does Indy know how to throw a party? That's uh, the, the, the question. Now, anecdotally, I'll tell you that I think the jury is still out. But in terms of the money, that might be a different story. Tony Katz, good to be with you. Gary Dick joins us from InsideIndianaBusiness.com. On the Xbox at IIB, at Gary Dick, personally, G-E-R-R-Y, at Gary Dick. There's a bunch of stuff to get into outside of the, the All-Star Game but economic uh, impact, what are we talking about? What are they looking at? And uh, what do we think the uh, results have been from this weekend? Yeah, I think high level, Tony. I think, uh, you know, 50,000 foot view. I think Indy knocked it out of the park. I mean, I really do. Uh, as they typically do, as Indy typically does for big events, be it the Super Bowl, Final Fours, you can go on down the list. So that's not much of a surprise, really. I think the expectation was it would be a great event. I think it was. Uh, $320 million is the estimated economic impact. And, uh, you know, I, I, I think maybe to your point uh, before, jury's still out. I think that impact, the true impact of what this all-star game uh, will be is maybe three or four years out. Steve Simon, owner of the Pacers, uh, alternate governor for the team, uh, made the point on the show last weekend. He said that return on investment is down the road, the big return. You have the immediate dollars and cents that come into the economy. But in terms of the uh, the image-boosting results, talent attraction, those uh, business attraction, those types of things that may come out of this won't be known probably for two, three, four years uh, down the road. But I think just the high-level uh, look, how, how the city looked, how Gainbridge Fieldhouse, um, Lucas Oil Stadium, uh, how it all looked, I think, came across uh, very well to a to a, a global TV audience. Two hundred, I think it's two hundred and fifteen countries uh, saw the game uh, over the weekend. So, a big opportunity for uh, for the city. Yeah, I, I think that two things there that that are interesting. Steve Simon's conversation, I think, is a is a solid way to look at some of these things. We take a look at the yep. now, but we have to take a look at what comes. What does the event mean for eyeballs that are looking at it, that are planning other thoughts or planning uh, other conventions, other conferences, other events? And how does this kind of seep into their head almost in an inception uh, kind of way? And then there is, you know, for for all that the NBA All-Star Game is about, uh, the field house and the game that took place there, the impact of what Lucas Oil was able to do and kind of showing off that, among stadiums, it really still is the creme de la creme. You can head out to Vegas all you want. Oh, yeah, beautiful mountains and some nice weather. But you actually want to get something done. Lucas Oil is the place to go. 
Yeah, yeah, no question about it. You know, you go back to the Super Bowl and you talk about longer-term impact. I remember having a conversation at the Super Bowl with the folks from Visit Indy, and they talked about, I can't remember the number now, it was five or six big, big convention uh, planners were in town for the Super Bowl. I think most, if not all, had never been to Indy before. And that visit ultimately translated, I think, into a couple of big events coming to Indianapolis that came you know, down the road. But again, the impression made during the Super Bowl. And I think the potential is there uh, for that kind of impact from the NBA All-Star Game. The Indiana Economic Development Corporation uh, invested some money to, to advertise around the game, but also to, uh, to entertain and to uh, connect with site selection consultants and some of the big-name companies in Indianapolis for the All-Star Games. So we'll see where that plays out uh, perhaps a little bit down the road. Talking to Gary Dick of InsideIndianaBusiness.com on the X Twitter box at IIB. I know that you actually spoke with Adam Silver, uh, the commissioner of the yep. NBA. I know he spoke at the Economic Club of, of Indiana uh, uh, event. I, I've, I've, I've belonged before. I, I've kinda, I dig the conversations that they have and, and, and what they're doing. It's just they're usually lunchtime conversations, and I've got a radio yep. show. I don't get to, to, to go all the time. But from your conversation with Adam Silver, uh, what was your t- take on their take regarding Indianapolis, and did you feel it was a lip service conversation because after all you're there, or was it a, hey, we should spend more time in this city? Yeah, you know, that's a great point. I did not feel as though it was lip service. It was just being nice. Uh, you know, typically you can you can spot that. I'm sure you can, too, when you do interviews, uh, uh, folks, uh, you know, talking uh, in front of the mic. Uh, for me, it's uh, when the camera is on, they may say one thing and then uh, uh, say another uh, behind the camera. But I, I did not sense that whatsoever with Adam Silver, who has a, a, a very uh, strong affinity for Indianapolis. That's been very clear. He's called it. Uh, no, he said no city does big events better than Indianapolis. You know, he talks about Vegas and some of those other big markets that do these do these events, certainly. But he uh, he feels very strongly about Indianapolis and he has a, a very strong relationship in close relationship with Herb Simon. Uh, and that was very clear this weekend in, in some of his comments. Uh, but he talked about Indianapolis as a host city during that economic club. Uh, luncheon. And in his view, it's the collaboration, the cooperation that he sees here that is unlike any other city, Republicans and Democrats working together, uh, whether it's from the state standpoint or, or locally as well. So he uh, he's very high on Indianapolis. The NBA is. Question is, will some of these some other events uh, come here? How about the in-season tournament that was in Vegas and that was a hit? A lot of people were confused about I was. I didn't know what the heck it was. But it turned out to be a pretty good event for the NBA. Will that come to Indianapolis? So did this set up, did the All-Star Game hosting this time around set up future events for the NBA? We'll see. Now let's uh, take a move towards talking about a larger impact on, on Indiana. You have the story that Congressman Mervan, that's, so that's up in the, the, the first district, uh, congressional yep. district, Discussing the idea of bringing a hydrogen project, which is planned for the BP Whiting Refinery. Now, the hydrogen power conversation takes us in a different direction in Indiana, right? Not just solar, not just wind. And and for the record, uh, the solar projects where Israel's investing, let them invest and let them build the panels. The wind turbines I find to be ridiculous. 
The hydrogen conversation is fascinating. What is Congressman Ravan saying about this? And is this a partisan project or is this getting bipartisan approval? Getting bipartisan support, to be sure, Tony, and you, you bring out uh, the, the point that hydrogen, there's a lot of support for hydrogen production. You talk about the quote unquote green economy uh, and, and creating something, hydrogen, that can fuel some of these heavy industries, heavy duty vehicles. Cummins is in uh, to this in a, in, in a big way as well. But this hydrogen hub. You're talking about, uh, and the congressman is talking about in northwest Indiana, there's a consortium, three states, Indiana, Illinois, Michigan, came together to bid to the federal government to get money to create this hydrogen hub. The access to Lake Michigan, absolutely critical. You need water to do these kinds of things. And uh, Congressman Ravan made the comment that I think the number of six, 15,000 uh, uh Jobs will be created in terms of building this at the BP uh, Whiting refinery. Uh, you know, several years ago when that refinery was undergoing a major transformation, three and a half billion dollars, I think, they had uh, construction and tradespeople working on that project. I think for six years, this impact potentially could be could be much greater. So Indiana positioned very well for this whole hydrogen move to hydrogen. you got a lot of companies. You've got BP and Exxon, and I mentioned Cummins earlier, number of big-time companies that are investing heavily in it. Indiana feels as though it's positioned really well uh, for that to happen. And Northwest Indiana in particular, because of the access to Lake Michigan, uh, really could be a prime-time player. And that's the latest I think in a series of things happening up there that you know really ha- hasn't happened up in northwest Indiana for many years. You've got a billion dollars from the U.S. Department of Energy. You've got yeah. Representative Ravan thinking the private sector funding could reach up to $6 billion. I'd love to see how he gets uh, to that number. But this, again, part of our ongoing conversation, that the better the state does, the better for Indianapolis and forces Indianapolis to be uh, in, engaged in more competition with these other cities. Yeah. This is good for Indiana growth. Gary Dick inside indianabusiness.com. I appreciate you taking the time. Apple and others that this dog won't hunt anymore. We don't do this anymore. We're not supporting these commies anymore. It's over. Find another place to build your stuff. How bad is it? Don't sugarcoat it. Give it to me straight. What coffee? I think I need some coffee. Time to fill up on the news. Tony Katz. That's me. Hey, what's going on? 93 WIBC. Uh, good morning. Pre- uh, the fill up on the news. That's presented by Absolute Wealth Management, LLC. The Absolute Wealth Retirement Planning Show. Sundays, 9 a.m. WIBC and WIBC.com. Dow futures down 145. NASDAQ futures are down 130. The reporting this morning that the Houthi rebels... Damaging a ship off the coast of Yemen, forcing the crew to abandon the vessel. The reports that the crew is safe, that the ship suffered catastrophic damage, came to a complete halt. This according to Houthi spokespeople. So my, I guess, follow up here is, uh, how are those strikes going by the U.S. and the U.K. Uh, to keep the seas navigable. We're, 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 we're winning this fight in the Gulf of Aden? We're, we're, we're win- winning this fight in the Red Sea? No? Yes? No? Hmm. Okay. Everything will cost more.
everything is costing more. It is. We see this in the reports. Inflation is not under control. I understand what gets said, but that's not what the number stated. Just the sheer data. Inflation is still there. Exactly where it was, not down. Double the target of the Federal Reserve. I'm not making up the number. I'm sharing the number. And certainly, costs do not come down if this group supported by Iran, because Iran, of course, is the enemy. This group supported by Iran is allowed to continue to make these kinds of maneuvers. It's been a a proxy war between Saudi Arabia and Iran in Yemen for years now. The world's not a safe place. And if if these nations want to go about destroying themselves, I, I have no comment. You you knock yourselves out. You feel free. But it is affecting us. And to say otherwise, to say somehow that it, it's not or or it's no big deal or it's not our problem, it is without question our problem. And it has no end until we end it. So that's the latest. There, one of the other stories is will the death of uh, Alexei Navalny, the opposition leader in Russia, lead to a level of, of further sanctions? And one of the conversations is, does this mean that sanctions could be leveled on those who work with Russia, and that could include Chinese companies. It's an interesting take. Navalny's dead. Biden said that the consequences would be uh, devastating for Russia. And then wanted to backtrack from it. Well, we've already done this. We've already done that. We Navalny is dead in prison. Vladimir Putin killed him. You said the the consequences would be devastating. What's going to happen? You're now going to engage sanctions on China to put pressure on Russia? Can we discuss what that's going to look like? I mean, if we want to put pressure on China, could we just start really aggressively pulling back manufacturing from China and start notifying companies like Apple and others that this dog won't hunt anymore? We don't do this anymore. We're not supporting these commies anymore. It's over. Find another place to build your stuff. Maybe that conversation happens privately and not publicly. I could live with that. But why do I not believe the conversation has happened at all? Or if it has, these companies have said, ah, we're going to do what we want. Well, you can do what you want at your your own peril. Because it is indeed, at this stage of the game... Your own peril. We shouldn't be supporting companies that continue to support China. And without a doubt, China's support of Russia should be dealt with. Is it sanctions? A worthy conversation. Let us have it. Tony Katz, 93 WIBC. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. 
Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Good morning. Keep in mind, I am running against him no, I know. for a reason. I'm running against him because I don't think he should be the right. I don't think he's the right person at the right time. I don't think he should be president. The last thing on my mind is who I'm going to support. The only thing on my mind is how we're going to win this. The only thing on my mind is how we're going to make sure that we correct what's happening in America and we bring this country back together, allow her to heal and move on in a strong way. I'm not thinking about who I'm going to support in an election. But, but, but you've already said. Said it. We are going to have a fe- we are going to have a female president of the United States. It will either be me or it will be Kamala Harris. And if Donald Trump is the nominee of the in for the Republican Party, he will not win. Now, that's again. What is shown in the polling on a national level that shows Nikki Haley doing far better against Joe Biden than Donald Trump. That's what it shows again and again and again. Tony Katz, 93 WIBC. Good morning. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. And yes, we leave for Israel in what, two weeks? Is that when we leave? Um, hold on a second. Let me. No, no, a week and a half. A week and a half. We do leave for Israel. Uh, we will be, I will be there. I will be reporting back. We've been trying to figure out how to do the broadcast from there. And timing-wise, it doesn't seem to be possible. But dispatches, that's going to be happening throughout the morning and midday show. We've got interviews lined up with local politicos, soldiers, people who have been dealing with the, the fallout of the attack by Hamas. Um, we we can do one of two things. We can either let um the bigots uh with jewish uh, voice for peace in indiana which doesn't represent jews at all and the socialists and these foolhardy clubs uh, that uh, are part of uh iu indy and other places uh we can uh we can allow them to dominate the storyline with bigotry or we can share the story of what's happening i don't lie i'm a zionist i believe in israel's right to exist and i believe in israel's right to defend itself but we should share this full and complete story. Hamas is a terrorist organization. Hamas attacked Israel. What is it that they're going through? Why doesn't anybody demand in the United States that Hamas stop? So let's go about engaging the fight. I'm hoping to speak also to some uh, Palestinian journalists while I'm out there. Uh, We're starting to get all that uh, set up. So there's a lot to bring to you. I look forward to to doing just that. Uh, plan on getting there safe. Plan on getting back safe. That is the whole plan. Uh, sponsorships now available. So if, if you want to be a part of, of what we're doing and all the content we're bringing back and all the video we're bringing back, uh, just, just reach out. The polling states that in a matchup, Haley does better than Trump against Joe Biden. The polling also shows that 
Trump is well ahead of Nikki Haley nationally and in South Carolina. What is interesting is the last two polls in South Carolina have shrunk. If you take a look at the CBS poll, if you take a look at the Citadel poll, if you take a look at the Winthrop poll, they all show Trump in the 60s and Trump leading by an average of 35 points. The last two polls, Trafalgar, which does lean right, and Insider Advantage, have Haley closing a gap, plus 29 for Trump, plus 22 for Trump. Trump has been, as I said, in the, in the plus 30s. In the Real Clear Politics average, which has been very dead on in, in Iowa and in New Hampshire, Trump is ahead by 31. For Nikki Haley to get past South Carolina, she has to be within single digits. I've been saying this for the past couple of weeks. That hasn't changed. Nothing shows that that's going to happen. I didn't say it couldn't happen. I'm saying nothing shows that that's going to happen for the former ambassador. Her argument about the national, okay, I I hear you. I get what you're saying. You're not wrong. But that's not possible to discuss the national if you don't get through the primary. And there is nothing shows, nothing that shows Nikki Haley gets through the primary. Why would I believe the polling on one and not the other? Do I believe anyone poll? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I am taking a look at the fact that, that you know, the, these, these polls have been accurate in terms of uh, Trump's victory. And in New Hampshire, you could argue that Nikki Haley underperformed and in Iowa she overperformed. I believe that's the way it went. But there's nothing that says she is going to make up this level of, of, of space. By the way, there's a poll out of Texas, University of Texas poll that was done February 2nd to February 12th. This is registered voters, not likely voters, that shows Biden beating Haley 40 to 31. That's registered voters, though. In a likely voter poll from the University of Houston, Biden 39, Haley 43. I would go with likely voters over registered voters. Absolutely. Meanwhile, South Carolina is coming. We're going to pay attention to it. We're going to be reporting on it. But I just don't see how Nikki Haley is getting past this. It's 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 not the was the primary is February 24th. That's it. That's a Saturday. What she has to do, I don't think it's possible to do. We'll discuss it on Tony Katz today at noon. I'll catch you then.